2: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Finding the
0: right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahi Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Will be a match, I promise. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio.
3: It is straight out of Vegas. Friday into a Saturday, Fox Sports Radio. Steve Cofield along with
1: RJ Bell. And we got the guy we need for college basketball, Brad Powers, specialist in college basketball, and big, big card Saturday. But
3: first with the Vegas lead. We do relationship talk with the Cavaliers. It looks like there are some new relationships that have been forged.
0: Now,
1: hold on.
3: Old relationships on. snapped and broken off, and are the Cavs a runaway favorite in the East?
1: Hold on though, is we should have had a Facebook live stream going before the show cuz Steve was giving relationship advice with the ladies. So, we'll have we'll find a time <laughs> in the spring where we have a little extra time for this. Uh, it, it, it probably will end your career, but it'll be entertaining It'll, it'll to the end audience. it, Yes, it'll end it with the ladies.
3: Now we're talking breakups, right? So Isaiah Thomas, the breakup happens. Dwayne Wade, the breakup happens. You move on from Iman Shumpert and Jay Crowder. So the Cavs rework their roster. And now it's time to decide, hey, is this going to work moving forward for the next 25 games or so? Because it's really going to all play out after the NBA All-Star break this weekend. So what do we do in the East and how does the title chase look? with the new-look Cavaliers.
1: First, as always, let's start with Vegas, the Vegas opinion. Then we can say if we agree with it or not. Here is objectively the Vegas opinion. Before the trade, about five days before, Toronto, Cleveland, and Boston were tied to win the East. So get to the championship round. They were tied plus 200 on each. So same odds, For Toronto, Cleveland, Boston. After the trade and after two impressive Boston wins and one of those wins dominating the Celtics, now Cleveland has gone from plus 200 to even money. And Toronto's like plus 450, Boston's like plus 300. So big downgrades for both of them. Now, the question becomes, is that a reasonable adjustment that big upgrade for the calves. Now, even before though we get to that, I think it's important to understand that the mainstream media, the hot take world out there, they're acting like after these two impressive wins with the new players, they're acting like Cleveland's a lock. You know, one of our podcasts we just launched this week, Cofield is we do hot takes versus cold cash and One of the hot takes was, oh, Cavs got this baby locked up. Shaq said it. Barkley's saying it. When I say locked up, I mean getting out of the East. Does that seem right to you? They're locks?
3: Absolutely not.
1: I mean, are they? I mean, again, people say locks. They mean like 90. They'd be like, I'd be shocked, shocked if they don't make it. They're not a lock, and they should not be even money. So you're saying, now think about it. Even money is a coin flip. So the Vegas market is saying they went from about thirty-three percent to fifty percent, and the talking heads are saying, oh no, the calves are eighty, ninety percent. So what would that be? Minus what? Well, I mean, you know, minus a thousand, minus nine hundred, however you want to look at Barkley it. Barkley right? and Shaq, and a, they have a lot of money. They go on minus a <laughs> thousand well, on the Cavs. Barkley is down by his own testament, thirty million in Vegas. He might lay nine hundred. Uh, I, I don't know. I gotta catch up. But I, I do I do think it's important to realize that On one hand, when you hear things like, oh, that's a lock, that's a lock. When Vegas says it's even money, that's ridiculous. But let's get even deeper. I don't think Cleveland should even be even money. Here is my belief. I think Cleveland traded wins in the regular season that they're gaining and they're losing wins in the postseason. So quickly, what's the anatomy of wins in the regular season? All NBA teams have talent, so it's usually about focus, effort, energy. What has been the main complaint about the Cavs? It's been not enough focus, not enough energy, not enough youth. Well, they've gained that. And in these two games that had these new players really energized and engaged and had LeBron and the whole Cavs team energized and engaged, it makes a ton of sense that they perform really well. But wasn't the basic premise of the offseason moves by the Cavs that, hey, it doesn't matter if we're the first seed, third seed, fifth seed, right? It only matters if there's a game seven in the East. So we are worried about creating a team, constituting a team to beat Golden State. And the idea that these young players in the playoffs are going to be better suited to beat Golden State especially they're so inexperienced in the playoffs, I would make the strong case that, yes, the Cavs are probably better bets game to game from now till the end of the regular season, but worse bets in the playoffs. Thoughts? What do you think, Brad?
4: Well, the, the question I have then, if you're looking to you know bet Toronto and Boston, does that mean, RJ, that you're going to be more inclined to bet those teams as we get close to the playoffs because Cleveland's going to continue to maybe overachieve compared to what they've done so far this season, and the market's going to continue to bet on them? Is that what I'm hearing from you? Uh, The market's betting on the Cavs? They're going to bet on the Cavs. The numbers are
3: going to get better for the Celtics and Raptors, to wait? So should we wait? Or is this about as good as it's going to get? The Raptors are the number one seed right now in the East. They're not up by a lot, just ahead of the Celtics, and you're almost getting five to one.
1: Well, here's the question I asked JT and Looney right here on Fox National last night is on paper, forgetting how they looked just these two games, forgetting youth versus whatever, just on paper how good the players that Cleveland gave up were this year, and how good were the players they gained. Most people, including JT and Looney, felt like, ah, you know, you can make the case the players they gain, the Cavs, are a little better, but you could also make the case it's about even. So if we assume that they didn't really upgrade talent, they just traded youth and energy for experience, I'm not sure. I would say it's very possible the the glow of a new relationship, to extend the analogy, might create a situation where we've seen the best that they're going to play. Now, they might have one or two game streaks. But in general, if you do like the Raptors, and I think that's where the value is, I think sooner taking that value is better.
3: I don't want to go all negative on the Cavaliers. So two things that they may have added with these new players. One, it's energized LeBron. Now, I don't know how much better. You know, he actually, he hasn't been typical LeBron. He's been really good. But he can go to another level. So he's He's, been
1: really good the whole season.
3: He's been solid this season. I don't think he's been spectacular. And we know during the playoffs, he can be spectacular. So if he's happy, that's a good thing. The other thing they added, clearly, is a chance at some cohesion. Because they didn't have that. I mean, we just saw another story today. We had a big argument last week about Isaiah Thomas. Was he the guy who was the pain and the you-know-what on this team? Now we saw a story today. Well, Dwayne Wade might have been the guy who was busting Kevin Love's horns?
1: You mean wait a minute? In the words of Brad Powers, <laughs> Isaiah Thomas might not have been a cancer. A cancer. Hey know. huh? Interesting. So on the cohesion. <laughs> well, hold on. Let's let No, him we're gonna start. move on from it. All
3: right. No, you want you want to go off? <laughs> nah, no, I'm not. So on the cohesion. I think this team, without Kyrie Irving, was built all for LeBron. So if anyone's getting in his way, then get him out. If everyone's making waves, get them out. And these young guys, and George Hill's not young, but George Hill even said it. He's like, we're here to make LeBron happy. Whatever's going to make him better, that's what we want to do.
1: And remember, I think this is a false choice. I don't think we're debating is, th- is this an improvement or not. I, I think it's reasonable to say if all that happens is even players, talent-wise, In the trade, but LeBron's happy, then that is an improvement for the Cavs because LeBron's happiness is by far the most important thing, right? Without him, they're going nowhere. The question is, could they have done better with another trade? Because I don't, I feel like youth, they made a a strong statement, the Cavs in the offseason, that youth wasn't what we wanted. We didn't want regular season wins. We always joke now and everyone does about trust the process. With Philadelphia, you've got to wonder, did the Cavs give up? They they made a assumption is is experience wins championships. And now because of heat in January and early February from what the Cleveland Plain Dealer newspaper saying <laughs> from Brad's home to old hometown is oh, you gotta play harder. Now we think somehow for the first time ever. When has a team this inexperienced in the playoffs? Obviously, LeBron sits very differently experience-wise. He's on the mountain. But from player 2 through 12, has a team ever won the playoffs with this amount of inexperience or this lack of experience?
3: Hmm. It's very go- rare. Yeah, I mean, there are steps in the Very rare or ever. We'd have to look back in history to see if there's a relatively young team that made a giant step. It just does It never seems to happen. There's a standard bearer, and it takes a couple of years for that team to come back and the next team to move up. If you're making the argument, so here's what happened in my mind. The Cavaliers wanted to play it both ways. We want to compete. We want to change things up. We want to try to win. We want to get younger, but we don't want to go full bore and trade that number one pick that we have from the Nets, a top 10 pick probably, to go get DeAndre Jordan. And so they tried to play it both ways, but they didn't go for it. They definitely did not go for it.
1: And I think that, Gare, I think this is a sign LeBron's gone for sure. And I I wouldn't bet for sure, as in, you know, $20 to win a dollar, but I would would lay minus 300 that LeBron is gone because you're right. This was a half measure, but I'm not even sure it was a half measure because I can't fathom LeBron feeling like, yeah, they did everything possible to max the chance to win a title this year.
3: More basketball coming up. The NCAA Tournament Committee releases their top 16, but there's some... Real oddities. We're talking corruption here. What are they doing that's coming up? Straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio.
0: Straight out of Vegas!
3: Straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. College basketball coming up here in less than three minutes. Brad Powers is in the Wise Guys chair. Steve Cofield, R.J. Bell. Let's put a, a wrap on our NBA futures talk with the Cavs making all these changes and their chances in the East, let's look at the overall title odds because I think the narrative is out there that the Rockets and the Warriors are by far the teams to beat, but really they're not a pair. They should not be considered together, right, by the odds board?
1: 100% correct. Uh, If you actually look at the odds, and that's kind of the false narrative, I think, out there in the mainstream media which is the idea that, okay, the East is a cluster and now the Cavs have made this trade and they're the, you know, favorite, a clear favorite. And as we said, they're only a coin flip even now with the big upgrade of the Cavs. But then if you look at the West, it's like, oh, the two best teams are in the West. It's, It's Golden State 1A and Houston 1B. No, 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 no. If you bet $100 on Golden State to win the title, you win $60, 100 wins 60, All right? Obviously worse than even money, right? If you bet 100 on Houston, you win 500, $60 or $500. So what we have here, and this is one of those kind of pound your fists, is Golden State this year is pretty much tied with Golden State last year for being the biggest favorite in modern NBA history at this point of the year. Michael Jordan, who I believe to be the best player in the NBA's history, the best Jordan ever was to start a season was even money. It was Chicago and Jordan and Pippen against the field. Even money. And Golden State entering the year was Minus 150, minus 175, unlike any team we've ever seen. Right now, they're in the minus 190, minus 200 range. And that's what they were this time last year. So we've never had. Now, does that mean Golden State's the best team ever? Probably. But odds are relative. It's like relative to number two. But right now, the consensus opinion is even with the Cavs quote unquote upgrade, that it's Golden State one. Houston two, Cleveland three, but Houston is nowhere near Golden State. At least based upon the future odds. Now, I think one last point to make in the when I say future odds, I mean the title odds for the regular season. I think these teams are not even, but almost even. Now, obviously, we've seen they're within a half a game of each other. You know, almost two thirds through the season now. If you look at the game count, but a lot of that has to do with Golden State not playing with the vigor they did last year. In the playoffs, you know Golden State is going to play with max effort, max vigor. And I think in that case, they're clearly better than the Rockets. In the regular season, they're much closer to even because Houston is playing harder day to day. Do you disagree with the books? Or are the Rockets
4: worth the play? Uh, five to one, possibly. Uh, it's not a strong play for me because of that anticipation of the Warriors upgrade that we really we've seen the Warriors each of the last not, not just last year, but the last two years when they went for the, the record two years ago with 73 wins. Uh, I think this year they're really milking it. So I mean, we're looking up. So what do you mean by milking it? Well, I mean, I think they're laying off a little bit. I think that the upgrade from Golden State regular season to postseason in the last couple of years maybe a couple of points. This year it might be five or six similar to what we saw from Cleveland last year, regular season to postseason.
1: And that's a good macro point about NBA regular season handicapping versus postseason handicapping. Some teams, and I think historically San Antonio has been the best example of this, Some teams play about as well in the regular season as they do in the postseason because they play so hard during the regular season. Now, San Antonio certainly has rested players more historically than most, but the players on the court played very, very hard almost every game. Thus, oftentimes, San Antonio might have been actually overrated during the playoffs, even though they won a bunch. But if you think about it, since that uh, Duncan Duncan hayday you know 2005 6 they've won one title now that listen one title during that time is impressive right most teams haven't but san antonio's had the best record or the second best record many times in that 10 12 years and they've won the one title whereas cleveland with lebron the last couple years has been the prototypical team that only plays as hard as they need to in the regular season quite frankly, only plays as hard as they, they need to sometimes in early playoff rounds. Right. But then they ramp it up. So those teams with a higher ceiling, a higher upside, oftentimes are the teams that look to bet in the playoffs. And Golden State this year meets that uh those conditions of not playing as hard in the regular season, much more than they did obviously a couple years ago when they beat the record of regular season wins. That's RJ Bellum, Steve Cofield,
3: Brad Powers. So let's look at the futures for the NCAA tournament. This is fascinating because the top 16 seeds were released by the selection committee. I want to talk about Michigan State. So Michigan State on many boards is the favorite for the title 5 or 6 to 1. The Vegas rankings, we'll explain those in a second, have Michigan State number 4. The national rankings have Michigan State number 2. The seeds come out and Michigan State is a 3 seed seed
1: a 3 seed. What is happening? Well, first off, let's let's be clear. We can say a 3 seed. They were number 11 in the rankings, 1 to 16. So for those political <laughs> for those political fans out there, follow the money as they said with Watergate. Now what do I mean by that? Which team? You know, this is kind of like the old um 60 show the twilight zone allow me to present for you to, for your consideration which team would the ncaa ncaa like to maybe not advance as far as they could normally what team, of if any, would they like to see upset early? Let's see. I would
3: usually go with a Wichita, a Gonzaga, or even a Xavier. You and know, the guys who are the little guys, we don't want to make in the Final Four, so let's make the road really bumpy.
1: Typically, that's all the NCAA has to worry about is, oh, look, Wichita State doesn't have as big of a natural fan base. Thus, it makes more sense to, or, or it would be our preference if they don't, go as far in the tournament. So we're going to put a Kentucky as an eight seed for them to play in the second round. We're going to make sure the Wichita States of the world play teams that they are going to struggle with maybe schematically. And we can all debate that, but I think most serious Vegas people believe that's what they do with teams like Wichita State. But this year, Brad, we've got a Michigan State team that is as big of a black eye as a, organization, as an institution. And we're not here to judge what happened there. It seems pretty bad, but I I have no inside information. But every game that Michigan State wins is another chance for not just the, the sports shows on television to talk about the problems, but even the NBC News, CBS News, maybe they mentioned the problems, especially if Michigan State gets to the Final Four. Are we going to have five days about the problems? Does that make
4: sense? Oh, it makes perfect sense. Uh, on one hand, I-, I thought Michigan State deserved a one seed. I can understand putting them on the two seed line. Their non conference strength of schedule, number 308, the worst of the Tom Izzo era. So I kind well, of thought Tom Izzo era
1: doesn't mean anything. Right? It matters this year are there uh, are there 10 teams better than Michigan State? Absolutely not. There's not four or five teams better than Michigan State. Now in your you do the Vegas rankings every week 1 to what 330? 351. 351 in college basketball up at pregame.com you put them up there every Friday and right now where do you have Michigan State? Number 5. Okay. So you think there's four teams better? Uh, Not
4: clearly better. Maybe only two teams clearly better. Number five, but maybe a half point away from
1: three and four. Okay. Now, if you look at the future title odds, Michigan State's the favorite. Right now, the Vegas futures say the team that has the best chance to win the title is Michigan State. And, oh, by the way, the committee thinks that they're number 11. Give me a break. I mean, is this even debatable? Now, let's flip it. Well, I think the the
3: reason why it happened can be debated, but I think you're on to something. That well, that that probably is well, a, the, a factor. What's the
1: reason? What's the other than we want to try to start to position? We want to seed the ground for Michigan State to get a bad seed. We want to seed the ground for them to get a bad seed, and we're going to make sure. I'm I I'm going to predict right now. Three hundred thirty stations. serious eighty three. C to shiny C. I'm going to predict right now that Michigan State not only gets a bad seed relative to what people think they should, but it is going to be a murderer's row that they're going to have the very so best. Yeah. Whatever seed they're playing against in the first round, let's say they're playing against a 13, right? It'll they're going, the, to, it's the going to be the most dangerous 13. mid-major. Yes.
3: Then if they get to the 3-6 game, the 6 should have been a 4. Absolutely. It's I, I don't doubt it. It's pretty sinister. And it's not the only case. We got another case where we think a team is overrated. We'll get to that.
1: And this
2: overrated team, it's also about the money.
3: Yes. Uh, Ralph Irvin has the latest.
2: Well, thank you very much gentlemen. It is NBA All-Star weekend, but as you're talking college basketball, we'll talk about that one game going on in the top 25. St. Bonaventure, an upset win over number 16, Rhode Island, 77-74. Back to the NBA where they played the Rising Stars, Challenge, the world, 155-124 victors. Over the United States, Bogdan Bogdanovich of the Sacramento Kings was the MVP. He had 26 points. At the Genesis Open, Tiger Woods fails to make the cut. He's at six over par. The leaders, Patrick Cantlay, Graham McDowell, Sam Saunders all at seven under par. Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, and Jordan Spieth will all play on the weekend. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit truecar.com to enjoy a more confident car buying experience at the Olympics. The Czech Republic 3-2 shootout winners over Canada. The first Canadian loss in Olympic hockey since 2010 when they fell to the United States. And gentlemen, you'll enjoy this one. In the women's Super G, Esther Ledeca from the Czech Republic wins the gold medal. She is, by trade really, a snowboarder. Will compete in the snowboard competition later in these Olympics. That said, she entered the competition at... Five thousand to one.
3: Thank you, Ralph, Steve Cofield, R.J. Bell, Brad Powers in the wise guy's chair, straight so, out of Vegas.
1: Cofield, did yes. you notice Ralph more odds talk? Yes, yes. He is. He's converted. He. I mean, some would. Some would say he's gone the whole way now. I mean, he might still hide it, but we've infected him with Vegas. He's a loyal soldier. <laughs> some Vegas speak
3: there from the old days. <laughs> He's good on the streets. So we were talking about the oddities of the 16 seeds that were released by the NCAA selection Wait, how, committee. Boy, how politically correct? Oddities? No, it's fraudulent. Well, you could, you're could you saying corrupt. Corruption. Fraud. Michigan State just cheated down at the 11 slot when they're clearly a one or a two seed. Now, Oklahoma is actually the opposite. What are they doing with Oklahoma? We're just going to ignore what's happened with the Sooners, the last 10 games?
1: So, Brad, 1-9 ATS, as you've shared with us on our preview podcast. So, every Tuesday up at pregame.com and also on my Twitter, at RJ in Vegas, you can get – well, we tape it Tuesday. It comes out Wednesday, Crack of Dawn, which is the Dream Preview Basketball Edition, and we do – College basketball previews, NBA previews, Fezzik, who's on this show tomorrow night, 10P to midnight Pacific, does NBA focus. And you've talked about Oklahoma 1-9 ATS last 10, but also in your power rankings, where right now do you have, that came out this morning, where do you have Oklahoma. Uh, I have them
4: number thirty-two in the country. So if we were seeding them, and you do the math correctly, they would be the lowest number eight seed on the board. Forget against the spread; they're two and seven straight up their last nine games.
1: All right, so let's forget seeds for a minute. I want to focus on where, because it gets confusing. Oh, there's one through four, five through eight. For you know, team wise, one seed, two seed. So the thirty-second best team. Yep. Okay. So the NCA did their reveal. Right? And I love this marketing-wise, right? Let's get people talking about the seeds, right? Weeks early. Steal call. the formula from the football side. And I thought that was a wonderful marketing too, right? But I also think what we learned from the football side is they do seed the ground for the kind of surprises they want to give you. Because then it's like anything else. Whatever, atro- However atrocious you think something is, a week or two later... It dissipates. Right? Anger dissipates. So if you start saying, yeah, we think more of Oklahoma than maybe it seems like they deserve on paper. Well, a couple weeks of that is going to make it easier when Oklahoma gets a superior or let's say an unfairly high seed. Here's the question, though. Why? Why? Why would the NCAA want Oklahoma to have an unfairly high seed? They might have the most marketable player in college basketball, Trey Young, the nation's leading scorer, nation's
4: leading assist man. A very marketable player. Probably the most marketable player they've had in the last four or five years.
1: They, Oklahoma, or the, the, NCAA, tour- the, or the NCAA, NCAA tournament? The NCAA tournament. So you're saying potentially the most general interest for the casual fan, not the hardcore fan, of any player potentially the last four or five years. Absolutely. And that's a team you believe should be the 32nd best team in a fair ranking, a Vegas (laughs) ranking, but the committee says 16.
4: (laughs) Yeah, and and here's the thing that I think they're at least propping them up because Oklahoma, you look at their remaining schedule, is most likely going to lose a few more games. If they've seen them appropriately right now at number eight, lose a few more games, then all of a sudden Oklahoma's on the bubble and by being a number four seed, they really can re- continue to struggle and still
1: make it safely in the tournament. Well, yeah, they're going to make the tournament, right? The question is can they make the round of 16? Can they go further? And Actually, co-
3: I think you would argue, and we started talking about this last week, that they're on the verge of not making the tournament, but not now when they're a four seed. They're going to have to completely collapse. They're the fifth place team in the Big 12. They're six and seven in conference, they're two and seven. This is a committee that says, "Hey, how you're playing of late really matters."
1: 2 and 7? Well, listen, I think we know it's absurd, and it, we th- I think we know it's about the money.
2: <laughs> now let's play big bank take little bank.
1: <laughs> there it is. God,
3: nice. just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. So, you've been all over Oklahoma every single weekend. All over them or against them? All over Oklahoma games. Oh, okay. Right? You've always had, it seems like the last four or five weeks, and you keep saying the same thing over and over again. So Brad's been on this, RJ. Overrated, overrated,
1: overrated. Absolutely. And he's been right here on Straight Out of Vegas. I mean, what's it been now? Four, five, six weeks talking about it. So I think let's segue to Saturday action.
3: So Oklahoma is taking on Texas. The Sooners are laying six and a half. It's a, a relatively early start, noon.
4: All right, Oklahoma's overrated. I think we beat that dead horse. Right. But let's talk about <laughs> Trey Young and what I'm seeing from him the last four games. He's hitting that freshman wall since he plays so many minutes, since he's constantly handling the ball. He's starting to lose his legs a little bit. And where do you see that? From the outside shooting. Seven of 41 from three-point range last four games. He's tired. He's been overworked. Uh, he's They're relying on him more and more because they're in this losing stretch. I think value on Texas in this one. I'll fade Oklahoma once again. Give me Texas plus the six and a half.
1: What's uh, plus six and a half right now? Yes. Okay, so something we've talked about with Young, not only do freshmen in general struggle late in their freshman year because they've never played 28, 30 games and beyond, but Young, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Brad Powers, is he handles the ball a bunch. So if anything, the the workload, the fatigue on him as a freshman because of his responsibilities on the court is even more pronounced. Absolutely. And
4: he's got one of the highest minute per averages of any of the top players in the country. Minute per averages. What does that mean? Minute per game averages. Uh, of any top player in the country. And he's also facing, if you look conference by conference, probably the best defenses in the country reside in the Big 12. Top five defense in Texas Tech, top 10 defense in Texas, top 10 defense in Baylor, and he's got to go up against this and a pressing style West Virginia team. It's really caused him to struggle down the stretch here.
3: Kentucky is hosting Alabama. Kentucky is on a really bad streak. Uh, straight up, uh, especially with the ATS.
4: Well, there's two reasons why Kentucky's been struggling. Number one, they're 0-5 against the spread, 0-4 straight up their last four games. But one of the main reasons, believe it or not, is talent. Eight straight years, Kentucky's had a top-seven pick in the NBA draft. This year, they might not have a top-ten pick. And the second thing that's been hurting them, the SEC's probably having their best year ever. SEC's only had a maximum of six teams in the NCAA tournament. This year, it looks like the SEC's going to get eight or nine teams. So an improved SEC, a less talented Kentucky team, that's why they're struggling. Now, going towards their game tomorrow against Alabama, because Kentucky's been struggling, it's getting national media, I actually think Kentucky's got some value here. They're laying four and a half, must-win spot for them. At home, Rupp Arena against Alabama, a team that they're better, clearly better than on paper. Give me the Wildcats minus the four and a half.
3: RJ, moving forward, you play against John Calipari? Mm. Why? Clay Travis, morning host on Fox Sports Radio, said, hey, he's overrated. Now it's time. Now it's time. You need to be a great coach. They have less talent. So maybe you play against them. Not in this spot. Like, Like you said, the value's there. But what do you do the rest of the season?
1: Well, I do find it interesting, and we did talk about, and I thought, and that's what we do with our cold cash is stronger than hot takes, is we take the opinions of the mainstream media and we sift them through and really critique them from the Vegas perspective. But I think Calipari is in a uncharted territory, right? It takes a different kind of coach to take a team which is extremely disappointing, with players that's never really faced disappointment. I don't know every player's history. I'm guessing those Kentucky freshmen were pretty w- much winners in high school, right? They they didn't they weren't on teams below 500. So now, for the first time in their lives, these 18, 19 year old kids are losing a bunch, and also, let's not forget. Every kid thinks they're probably two levels better than they are. So if a kid, let's say realistically, would be projected to be a number 15 pick in the draft coming out after a one and done, they probably thought they were going to be top seven. And now all of a sudden the combination, and Brad, let me ask you this question. Would you say if you take Kentucky's top three players entering the year, so based on the freshman, what their pedigree was, did those players have they underperformed greatly significantly? Is that what's driving this performance underperformance by Kentucky or is something else? Because what I'm asking is, has the draft stock of these young Kentucky players dropped a bunch? If so, can you imagine a distraction? We always talk about, oh, maybe the girlfriend, you know, a breakup, distraction, maybe there's some family problems. If you thought you were going to be the number seven pick. And now it looks like your projected second round. Wow. Calipari has never faced that before to keep those kids motivated. So would you agree, Brad, the draft stock has dropped significantly? Absolutely.
4: Coming in this season, it looked like they were going to have two top 10 draft picks. It looked like a typical Kentucky type of team. Now they might have zero top 10 draft picks. That's a great point by you.
1: So the question is, can Calipari keep them? Because on one hand, you might say, hey, redeem yourself. That's what I was going to say.
3: How about flipping it around and saying, hey. Guys, you've proven nothing. you, you got to start winning here. You want to go to the NBA.
1: This has not been a great season. And I think it's possible that that's what can happen. And I also think it's possible the bottom drops out of this team. Let's talk Villanova.
3: Somehow Villanova lost to St. John's. Hasn't been playing well. And the team we said to fade. Michigan State, do we keep fading them? That's on the way. Straight out of Vegas on Fox Sports Radio.
0: Straight out of Vegas! <laughs>
3: Started in Vegas from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance.
1: So, Steve Cofield, you've got something to be a little proud of here. I'm R.J. Bell. Is we broke a story about Jim McMahon and Mike Ditka and the Bears, the 85 Super Bowl. Um, amazing win by them. And we won't rehash the whole thing, but the the variation was the rumor had always been in Vegas that Ditka was mad at Vegas and the Fridge prop to score a touchdown, which was a huge payoff. It got up to 75-1 to 1, that Ditka actually purposely had the Fridge score to kind of get back at Vegas for making his Bears team such a big underdog the year before against the 49ers. You on your local show here in Vegas had Jim McMahon, the quarterback, on, and he said he thought, and and I want to make sure I get it right. He said I think extremely likely is a fair way to say it, that Ditka bet the prop himself. So we broke that story right here on Straight Out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio, and we put together a little two and a half minute clip of the story, some graphics, and also jim mcmahon talking about this and it got so much attention the big lead jason mcintyre part of the family here uh had it as at his site it was a featured story so for those interested to hear the whole story there just check out my twitter
3: his twitter handle is at rj in vegas the next thing to do is to get mike ditka on the phone get him to scream at us i I don't uh, probably
1: hang up and challenge us to a fight i certainly don't want him in the studio Really? No, That a, intimidating. Have to have he's food. an old man. Oh, I, he, he would, he would Dicker tear, would. he would tear
3: us up <laughs> one on three. He would annihilate us. <laughs> I mean, he's got an edge. <laughs> he's got an edge. Let's uh, let's wrap with all a these college victim of the infamous
4: Molochy uh, Crunch.
3: Villanova <laughs> is taking on Xavier. I like Villanova in the tournament. So is this just kind of a February swoon? Are you confident that Nova's going to handle Xavier as uh, their are favored? Just by a little bit,
4: one and a half points. Well, I lean with Xavier here, plus the one and a half. Why has it been a swoon? while well, Villanova's been missing two of their best players. They do get one of them back for this matchup, but Phil Booth, still one of their best players,
1: is out for this one. So so the the player back, does this feel like an injury? He comes back 100% it, or does he come back less?
4: It's tough to speak. It's a concussion.
1: So, um, Well, if anything, concussions typically players, come, and again, we're speaking generally, players come back, but they're usually less than 100%.
4: Yes. So maybe not as effective as the lines making it out to be. That's why I think there's value on Xavier. One other quick point for uh, I want to mention here, Z- uh, Villanova's defense. Top 15 each last f- uh, five years. This year, not even in the top forty, so that's why they're struggling. Xavier perfect at home, but are zero and ten the last ten times they played Villanova? Matchup advantage for Villanova in that regard. Lean the Musketeers plus the one and a half.
1: So what's the, uh, the so the line is plus one and a half, plus right
4: one now. and a half at home for Xavier, who's unbeaten at home. So they're fifteen and zero to the spread.
3: Three weeks ago, we said distractions start to fade. Michigan State, Michigan State's at Northwestern. They've had trouble covering. They're winning. They're at Northwestern.
4: They're laying eight. Well, they have been winning. They won nine straight games, Michigan State, but they've only covered one of their last seven games. Why is the markets not adjusted? Because they continue to win straight up, and they're getting all this publicity for having that long winning streak. I'm going to fade them again here in Michigan State, take Northwestern as a lean plus eight. I don't like Northwestern because their point guard's questionable. Otherwise, I would have liked the Wildcats plus the points.
3: How confident are you that this Kansas team is going to start playing like Kansas and take care of business at home, cover numbers, taking on West Virginia,
4: laying only three and a half? I lean Kansas minus three and a half, but let's talk numbers at home. Remarkable. Kansas 225-10, and (laughs) straight up at home under Bill Self. Six and three their last nine games, and i have only covered two of those nine games. So that's why they're only laying Kansas minus three and a half here, but I do lean with the Jayhawks minus the points.
1: So Kansas is playing who? They're uh, playing West you, Virginia. For a guy who doesn't follow this <laughs> as closely, I, I'm I'm having trouble following it. So get it's Kansas playing West Virginia. What's the line? The line is three and a half, Kansas. Okay. So one thing I want to say about this game, and and I have a friend. Um, a good friend who spent uh, over a decade at KU, this streak of self and KU winning the big 12, or at least being tied for first is one of the most important, if not the most important things in this program. So my gut feeling is motivationally, you're going to see a big effort from Kansas through the rest of the regular season, as long as they have a chance to, at least tie for that Big 12 title. And they're only one, Kansas only
4: one game back right now.
3: Brad Powers, best bet Mississippi State minus seven and a
4: half against Ole Miss. And here's the reason why I like Mississippi State it's more of a fate against their opponent, Ole Miss. Ole Miss is basically given up on this season, including their head coach. Here's what their head coach, who is resigning, Andy Kennedy, had to say after their last game, the Ole Miss head coach. This is as bad as I've seen it in 400 games. Until tonight, I apologize. I certainly don't, don't want to go out like this. But as I said yesterday, my words are ringing hollow. I can't get them. I can't reach them, them meaning the players. I think there's a lot of quit in Ole Miss. Therefore, I like Mississippi State minus the 7.5.
1: RJ, we've got some great podcasts out, Dream Preview and the new one. Don't bet on it. Yeah, I think a lot of good stuff there. But tomorrow, 10 o'clock to midnight, Pacific, two hours straight out of Vegas. Fezzik in, Brad in, you're in. It's going to be an extravaganza.
3: Will I have to lay more money on Johnny Manziel, yay or nay, in the NFL? I hope so. I'm afraid. Jonas Knox is on the way. We'll see you tomorrow night. Straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio.
0: Straight out of Vegas!